This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. what I'm excited about, I have an anticipation about what God is up to. You say, I didn't know God was up to anything. Well, that's your fault. Amen. You can know it. Let me, let me share with you. I, I was praying early this morning, and listen to this. I want to share. I could say, thus saith the Lord, but you know, we don't have to say that, do we? But this is what I believe the Spirit of God is saying. I wrote it down. My answers are not found in the presence of my circumstances, but in the presence of God in prayer. So we need to go up to the mountaintop to receive your answers. You know, mountaintops are very important in the, in the history of the church. Abraham on Mount Moriah. Amen. Moses on Mount Sinai. Elijah on Mount Carmel, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. So we go up to the mountain and we get in prayer and we get answers. And then that's so we can come back down into our circumstances and conquer. So your answers are not found in your circumstances. you got to go up. You go up higher. Now listen to this last statement. In prayer... I climb above my circumstances into the presence of God. And I get His viewpoint. And where all my problems assume their proper perspective, come on, and proportion. Now, I know probably everybody in here, you've been on an airplane. You get up to around 30,000, 35,000 feet, and you look down. I mean, things are... They don't look quite the same as when you're right down there on them, do they? I mean, even the mountains look smaller. Even the mighty rivers look like a, like a ribbon down there. People look like ants. Cars look, look like, you know, toy cars. Listen, that's, see, we get up high where God's perspective is. What causes fear and doubt is we're down there and we see, you know, all our problems and all the giants that are bigger than us. But that's the problem. You got your eyes on us, on you. But we get up to the mountain of God. Now, here's the thing. I can't get up to your mountain for you. And you can't get up for me. Now, I pray for you. I do. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. But listen, my prayer alone won't get it done for you. This is not my message. This is just extra. (laughs) But my praying alone won't get it done for you. You need to understand that. Yes, we're to pray for one another. Yes, it helps. It's important. But unless you're doing some praying, amen? That's like, you know, you're having a problem, you know, getting your car cranked, and you call me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and ask me if I'd come, you know, help you crank your car, and I show up, and you're in bed. There's a note on there, Pastor, see if you can get my car going. Sometimes that's how I feel. People, you know, because everybody called me, they want me to carry, you know, to carry their weight in prayer. And I'm praying as much as I can. But, you know, hey, if I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and get out there in the rain and the cold to help you start your car, I want to at least see you up out there. 
I mean, at least get out in the driveway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sometimes, like Dad Hagen used to say, sometimes these side <laughs> uh, messages are better than the main one. Today we're going to conclude our series on faith is. And today we're talking about receiving the promise, receiving the promise, the promise of God. Amen? Now we know this. Peter said this. He said, he said that God has given to us exceeding great and precious promises whereby we might escape the corruption, or we could say the fall or the work of sin. That's what brought corruption. Amen. That is in the world through lust. And so God has given us these promises. You know, I was looking, there's over 7,000 plus promises in the Scriptures. Wow, that's a lot of Scripture. That's a lot of promises, isn't it? I'm pretty sure there's one in there that's going to fit whatever you're facing in life. Whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstance is, whatever your problem is, there's bound to be, out of 7,000 plus promises, there's going to be at least one and I usually find there's more than one that meet my situation. Amen? So that's good news to know, isn't it? That God has given us all these promises, more than 7,000, they've been given to us. Now, look in 1 Corinthians over there, because as great as what I just said is, and it is, listen to this. 2 Corinthians. Ooh, it's about to get better. Oh, my goodness. If this don't get your wood going, you know it's wet. It's too wet. Second <laughs> Corinthians 1. Notice what he says here now. <clears throat> Chapter 1 and verse 20. Notice what he says. And I love it in the NIV here. Now, he says this. He said, uh, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. No matter how many promises, over 7,000, he said they are yes in Christ. I hear these people all the time say, well, God, sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no. Well, if he said no, you're asking something that's way out of line. Amen? Yeah, if you're praying for somebody else's husband or wife, yeah, he's going to say no, you dummy. I'm not talking calling you a dummy. I'm talking about somebody that would do something like that. But listen, he said that every, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Now, as believers, where are we? We're where? Are you sure? Well, then all the promises are yours. I said they're all yours. They're all yours. They're all yours. 7,000 plus promises, they're all yours. Does God give a promise just to uh, make you feel better? Just to kind of, you know, toy with you a little, yeah, you know. But the time you, you go to grab from him, he That's not the way our Father is, is He? If He's made a promise, if He said it, doesn't He want to do it? Isn't His intention to do it? And is He... Is it not true that he's no respecter of persons? He don't care what our background is, ethnicity, the color of our skin, whether we're tall or short or male or female. None of that matters to God, does it? Because he's looking on the inside. And on the inside, we're all made in his image. Now get this. 
he says, as many promises God's made, they are yes in Christ. Now get this, here's our, that was God's part, now here's our part. And so through him, the amen is spoken by who? Us to God. Faith is <laughs> receiving the promises. But here's the thing. God has given us all these great and precious promises, more than 7,000. They're for us. God has given them. He wants us to have them. He's provided for them. But there's another part to that. See, a lot of Christians, they're not saying amen to the promises. They're saying but. Well, I know God said that, but. Well, I know God is good, but. Well, I know God did that for so-and-so, but. Stop butting. That's goats. You don't want to be on the goat side. From what I read in the Scriptures, the goat side is not a good side to be on. Amen. I want to be on the sheep side, don't you? Absolutely. So stop saying but and add your amen to it. Isn't that right? I mean, if I came up to you, I'm not going to, but if I, if I did come up to you and said, oh, I got $1,000 I want to give to you, you'd say, yeah, but... Pastor, I mean, you know, I just don't know. I don't, I don't really think I deserve it. I don't know. I don't really believe you'll do it. I, I, you know, I don't think you got it. I don't, you, know, you might say that to a man, but would you say that to God? You say that God doesn't have the resources? God doesn't have the ability? God doesn't have the power? God doesn't have the love? God doesn't have the mercy? God doesn't have the grace for you? I mean, you're so exceptional, even God can't bless you. <laughs> wow, that's exceptional, isn't it? Well, I got news for you. You're not the exception. You're right in there with the rest of us. The Bible said since we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, God decided by grace we would all get it. <laughs> so you got to add your amen. That's what we're talking about. Listen, we must add our amen to receive them. So here's, what are, you, what are you doing with the promises of God? Well, I'm not much. Well, then you're not going to get much. You're not going to have much. Amen? I mean, some people, you know, God, you know, uh, you know some of us, if you get paid, you know, like, like a lot of us do, you know, they got the automatic deposit now. You know, it just goes, you know, you don't get the check. It just goes straight into your bank account. Amen? And see, here's the thing. You've got a heavenly bank account. And God says He has deposited into your heavenly bank account all the promises of God. Woo! Man, you look on that account. Man, I like when I look on that account and start seeing five and six figures in the bank. Woo! I like that, don't you? Oh, buddy. I like that. Man, I've been there where I saw the one figure in there. <laughs> don't misunderstand me. I've been there. Woo! But listen, when we look into our heavenly bank account, man, we see there all those zeros. You know, we got that seven, and then we got all them zeros behind it. I'm like, yeah, baby. Woo. Come on. But here's the thing. You never use the debit card of prayer, of faith. You're moaning and groaning because you can't pay your bills, riding in an old jalopy. Come on. Man, start drawing on it. And faith is the way you do it. Let's turn over to Galatians real quickly. 
Did you know that the Scripture says that you are blessed with Father Abraham? That the blessing of Abraham is yours. Woo, man, I look over there at Abraham, boy, I'm telling you what. Man, and listen, I look over there, that's, listen, that's the Old Testament, but listen, he walked with God. Are you listening? He believed God. He trusted God. I believe Abraham, God said, now, Abraham, tomorrow in the morning, you look to the west because the sun's going to come up in the west. Instead of the east, I guarantee you, Abraham to have been out of, looking out the west side expecting the sun to come up there. He was quick to believe, wasn't he? If God said it, it didn't matter. He believed it. It might, it might seem completely uh, uh, no way in his natural mind that he think that could happen. But you know what? He believed it. If God said it, he believed it. <clears throat> God said, you know, I'm going to change everything up. He believed it. Now, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if in the Old Testament a man could believe God like that, how much more we, <clears throat> pardon me, who have a better covenant, better promises, and we have the Spirit of God living in us. Abraham didn't have that. You have the Spirit of God living in you. Listen, let me just give you a little side note here. Stop being head-led and fear-led and start being spirit-led. Come on, doesn't the Bible say as many as are led by the Spirit? It doesn't say as many as are led by fear. As many as are led by their head. As a matter of fact, he said, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your head, didn't he? Your own understanding. So if Abraham could believe, so can you. You can believe just like he did. He's the father of faith. Now here in Galatians chapter 3, we're just going to read two or three verses, but I'd encourage you, you know, to read this whole book if you had not read it in a while, in this chapter in particular. But in verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order or so that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Woo! The blessing given to Abraham has come on you. Well, Pastor, I'm trying to make it. I'm hoping I'm going to make it. I, you know, ask Mabel to pray for me. Listen, the blessing, listen, believe God's Word, church. Just believe it. He said that Jesus has redeemed us for one reason. Number one, He's redeemed us from the curse. Hallelujah. If I'm not under the curse, then, man, I don't want anything that has to do with the curse. I mean, you know, just because UPS dropped off, a, you know, a package, you know, and it says rattlesnakes, I don't mean I got to open it. Everything comes to your door ain't from God. <laughs> don't, don't, you know, some people think everything that comes down, it comes along. Oh, it's God. This is God's will. That's the way it is. It's God's will. That's what He wants for us. Well, let me ask you this. Have you got a promise for rattlesnakes? I hadn't found that one yet. Now, if you found that one, then I'm, I'll, I'll hook up with you. But I hadn't found one for that. Have you? Did Jesus say, I've come that you might have life and death? 
<laughs> no, he didn't, did he? It's not yes and no with God. It's yes. He said that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Then look down in verse uh, 29 there. If you belong to Christ, anybody in here belong to Christ? All right, now listen to what he says. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, I have time to go through all this. I wish I did. But if you read further up in that, he talks about, he starts out saying that the, the promise that God made, he said it was not to seeds, plural, but to seed. And that seed was who? Yet he goes on down here and he calls us the S-E-E-D. You know why? Because you're in Christ. So he's the seed and we're the seed because we're in him. That's why the promise belongs to you. Abraham's blessing. Now let's, let's look at that just a little bit. Blessed with Father Abraham. We're heirs of Abraham in Christ Jesus. Now there were three primary things that was the, the promise, the blessing of Abraham. It covered the spiritual, the physical, and the material or the financial. God says, I'm going to meet all the needs of your life, Abraham. All the needs. And he said that now that you're in Christ, he said that same promise is to you. He said, I'm going to meet. You know, let's stop splitting hairs. Well, you know, I don't know. God, you know, God will pay the power bill, but now he won't pay the mortgage. Now, God will do this, but he won't do that. Who says? Who says? You won't tell me. I mean, when think about think about the lavishness of God. He didn't just create one planet and one sun. He could have, couldn't he? He could have just created. I mean, all we need is the one sun here, right? And one planet. That's all we need. He, why, but yet he created. You can't count them. Galaxies beyond number. Trillions and trillions and trillions of stars. All oh, the heavenly. Yeah, I mean, and then you're going to tell me you're going to limit God as the, you know, well, now, you know, God, you know. Listen, God is not your social security check. You know, you hear people talk, and we understand what they're saying. I'm not being critical, but you know, people say, I'm on a limited income. Well, you need to get off of that. Why are you saying that? Who limited it? You? God? The devil? Uh, somebody else? Hello? Somebody told you that lie. Who told you that? Well, I'm on a limited income. Well, get off of it and get on God's income. Amen? Spiritual. Turn over to Genesis. How am I doing? <laughs> I want to help you. I want to encourage you. Spiritual. Genesis chapter 12. Notice this. Verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So the first blessing that that God that belonged to Abraham was a spiritual blessing. God says, you're, you're connected to me now, Abraham. 
You're connected with God Almighty. You're created, you're connected with the creator of the universe. You're, you're connected to the God who has all power. Woo! All power. If God's got all power, how much has the devil got? Come on. He said, he said, I'm going to bless you. And he said, and through you, nations will be blessed. Do you know that same promises to you and I? God has called us into a covenant relationship with him, just as he did with Abraham. As a matter of fact, we even got a better covenant. We're in covenant relationship with God. That means that all that God has is ours. And because of that, we are blessed like Father Abraham, and we're blessed in order to be a blessing. Now, I've never seen a drowning man save another drowning man. You ever seen that happen? No, if, two, if, 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 uh, if a guy falls in that can't swim and a guy jumps in to save him that can't swim, there's a lot of problem, trouble right there, isn't there? Isn't that right? So, you, you know, you can't be a blessing until you're blessed. And some Christians won't let God bless them, so they can't be a blessing. Well, you know, I don't want much. You know what you're really saying is, I don't want to be much of a blessing. I mean, you know, I don't want too much anointing. I don't want too much responsibility. I don't want too much of this world's goods and money, because, you know, I, I could help, you know, support missions. I can help that my neighbor down the street that's struggling. But you know, I don't want much, Lord. Come on. Boy, it's awful quiet in here. <laughs> See, we have to look at it from God's perspective. Why does He want to bless you? Begin with spiritually. So that what? You can bless others. If you're drowning, or Jesus put it this way, if the blind lead the blind, they're always in the ditch. Some Christians, bless their heart, wonderful people, don't misunderstand me, I'm not being critical, but they live their whole Christian life in the ditch. They're stuck. And they're stuck there many times by their own doubt, their fears, and refusal to add their amen to the promise of God. A lot of them, instead of saying amen, are going, oh me. So the first thing is, it's a spiritual blessing. Now, in Ephesians 1.3, it says that God in Christ, God has blessed us, His body, His church, with every, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Woo! Talk about a spiritual blessing. Peace, joy, righteousness, we can come into the throne room of God for our prayer, to make our prayers known, not only for us, but on behalf of others. Amen. Man, we can call uh, uh, Almighty God, Papa. Jesus is our advocate, our intercessor, our high priest, our big brother. Woo, I say the cards are stacked in our favor. We've been dealt a winning hand. <laughs> A royal flush. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, you, you know, when you got a royal flush, you know, it's not too much risk involved, is there? When you've got God and every spiritual blessing, He says, I blessed you with it. 
an anointing that will break the, the yoke, an access to God by covenant right that can actually pray down the peace of God, the deliverance of God, the, the help of God upon your family, upon your neighbors, upon a city. But see, we have to add our amen to it. He didn't say, you know, if you, you know, everybody that, that hangs out in there, lazy boy. After spiritual is a physical. You're, you're right there. Turn to Genesis 23. <clears throat> Excuse me, Genesis 21. Now, we all know the story of Abraham and Sarah, don't we? He went out at 75 into Canaan where God showed him. God, you know, they didn't have any children. You know, they've been, uh, no doubt they've been trying to have a family because Abraham, when, you know, when, uh, when God talked to him, you know, the, you know, and here's the thing about it. You ever notice this? I mean, you know, what is really paramount? What's really a heart issue? When you get into the presence of God, that's what you talk to Him about first. What did Abraham, God says, I'm going to do all these things. What did Abraham respond? He said, Lord, I don't have a boy. <laughs> I mean, we just, I mean, been me, I'd probably been all razzle-dazzled about all that God said. But what was the issue in Abraham's heart? Oh, boy. I want a son. So they'd been trying to have one. They couldn't have one. You know, and God promised him, you're going to have one. You know, five years went by, ten years went by, fifteen years went by. Hello? Most believers I know, they'd quit on God by then. They said, it must have been something I ate. That wasn't really, God didn't really say that. Or God didn't mean that. Or we try we tried to put some kind of spin on it. But not Abraham and Sarah. Now notice here. It says, verse 1, The Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. The Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. The Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. The Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. She was 90 years young. There must have been. There had to be. Because there's only one virgin birth that has ever occurred in the history of mankind. So evidently there was something done in her body, in Abram's body, or both of their bodies. Something had to happen by the power and the healing power of Jesus in their bodies. There had to be a rejuvenation. There had to be a turning back of the clock, the biological clock. That's just, hey, that's, that's a biological fact. So don't tell me that God didn't quicken their bodies. Don't tell me that God didn't bring healing to them. Don't tell me that God didn't sustain them in their physical body. Because when He promised Sarah, it says He did it. He did it. You go on and read, it said she, she became pregnant at 90 years of age. And, and Abram was 99. Hello. Something was going on in their bodies. Some kind of power 
from heaven was working in their physical bodies, wasn't it? Now, see, some people read this like you read a fairy tale. Well, yeah, that was nice, but, you know, that probably didn't really happen. That was just, you know, people, that's, that's a nice little metaphor. I mean, you know, he was trying to say this or that or the other. No, it actually happened. <laughs> because Jesus, after the flesh, is a seed, could trace his lineage all the way down from Abraham through Isaac all the way down. So it had to really happen or Jesus didn't really happen. So he quickened there. And Romans 8.11, what does Romans 8.11 say? It says, if the, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, bodily, raised him bodily from the dead, that reanimated his body, that gave it immortality when it was raised. He said, that spirit, that spirit, he said, it's, it's dwelling in you. It will quicken or make life in your mortal body. He didn't say just in your spirit. He said in your, he made it very clear, your mortal body. Mortal means death doomed. 1 Peter 2.24, what does it say? Who Jesus, speaking of Jesus himself, bore our sins on the tree on the cross, that we being dead to sins might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes, by whose wounds you were healed. We're talking about the blessing of Abraham. Faith is receiving the promises of God. That's what faith is. Now, we've looked at a lot of things about faith, but this is an aspect of faith. Faith is receiving the promise. God says it's by faith that we please Him. It is by faith that we receive the reward He's promised to those who diligently seek Him. The Bible says God is a rewarder. Why in the world then do we, we say we don't want the reward? I don't want it. You keep it, God. I don't need it. Boy, that's a height of pride. I've never seen so much hubris. Don't need God. Don't need God's blessing. Don't need God's reward. Don't need God's promises. Boy, you better wake up and get saved. <laughs> You're living in a dream world. Amen. So physical Blessing was part of Abraham's blessing. And it belongs to us under the new covenant. We are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Then finally, financial. Look in, you're right there at Genesis. Look in Genesis 13. Verse 1, Abram went up from Egypt to Negev with his wife and everything he had. And Lot went with him. Abraham had become very poor. From following God. Abraham was broke, busted, and disgusted because he followed God. Abraham's camels were, 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 were lean and just ready to keel over because he followed God. But you know, in New Testament times, there's a whole lot of church. That's what they believe. If you say God wants to, wants to prosper you materially or financially, oh, man, you're a heretic. Come on. Oh, something wrong with you. You're greedy. <laughs> greedy because I, I want a house to live in. Greedy because I want to drive a, have a car to go to work in. Greedy because I want to be able to, to help my kids and pay my bills. That's greedy. Holy cow, what are you doing? You got a car, you better sell that thing. You got a house, you better get rid of it. 
I saw you with them nice shoes on. You better give them things away. You greedy. You greedy. I saw you. You have one of them iPhones. You ought to have one of them. See, it's the silliest thing in the world, isn't it? See, God, God's not against us, uh, you know, having wealth. He don't want us to be covetous. You can be covetous and not have two dimes to run together. You can be flat broke and be covetous. You want everything, you know, that everybody else has got. Listen, you need to, instead of, don't be covetous about what everybody else has got. You need to find out what God's got and that He's provided it for you and begin to exercise some faith with your amen and receive it. So it says here, Abraham <laughs> had become very wealthy. Very. Woo! I like that modifier. Very. Wealthy would have been good, but very wealthy. What happens when you follow God? You're going to get very wealthy spiritually, physically, and financially. You're going to get very wealthy. It means to have more than enough. I didn't say everybody was going to be a millionaire, but you got more than enough. More than enough for you. More than enough to help the kingdom of God. More than enough to help people as God shows you. Uh, people that, that are in need, whatever. Got more than enough. You can do it and it don't strain you. You can do it and you don't miss it. You can do it and laugh about it. You can do it and be joyous about it. Come on. Man, when you, you, you bar, barely making ends meet, you ain't too happy when God says, give that $100 to them. But, 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 <laughs> Lord, I, I, I need that. Come on. See, now, you may be in a place where he's teaching you and training you something. Everybody starts somewhere, but he wants to get you to a place where you can do that. And you don't, I mean, you know, amen, Lord. Let's do that again. Come on. What did Paul say in Philippians? He said, but my God shall supply all. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Most. Most of your needs. Some of the time. If he's not mad at you. <laughs> no, he said, he'll, he, says, he shall supply all of your needs according to his riches. Where? In your bank account? No, in his bank account, according to his riches in glory, by, here it is again, Christ Jesus. Amen. That's where all the promises are. That's where we're to add our yes and amen to. Amen? God says, you're in Christ. I said, yes, indeed, I am, Father. He said, you're blessed with Christ Jesus. Yes, I am indeed, Father. He said, I've raised you up and seated you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I said, yes, amen, that's right, Father. <laughs> I've made you more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Yes, that's right. Amen, Father. Get over the old me's and get to the amens. All right, real quickly, Romans 4. We want to look just a little bit more at Abram's faith. He's the father of faith. So here's the thing. Abram received the promise, okay? You've been given exceeding great and precious promises including the blessing of Abraham. It's on you. It's because of Jesus. It's because you're in Him. It's because you're in covenant relationship through Him with God. It's by the grace of God. It's yours. 
It's yours. Now, if you choose not to do anything with it, don't come whining to me. Oh, Pastor, can you help me pay my bills? And they'll be the very one that say, well, God don't want to do that. Boy, I'm hearing crickets in here. Amen. I'm saying this to help you. God wants, he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to help somebody else that don't know to pay their bills until they can, they can, you can teach them what you've learned. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Romans 4, verse 16. Therefore, the promise comes by faith. How does it come? The promise comes by what? Well, if I cry enough tears, if I just show God how pitiful I am, if I could just show God what a need I have, it's so big. Nobody's ever had a need like this. No, he didn't say the promise came that way, did it? He didn't say the promise came because you went to church every Sunday. He didn't say the promise. You know, we, we get all kinds of ideas, but what did he say here? Therefore, the promise comes by faith. Why? So that it may be by grace, and it may be guaranteed. Woo! Because it's by grace, by faith, by grace, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. You can take it to the bank. You can bet your life on it. Mm -mm. He says, it may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's offspring? <laughs> And heirs according to the promise. It's guaranteed. Why? Because it's by grace, it's through grace, and it's by faith. So it's one thing to have the promise. The next thing is you gotta believe. Amen? You gotta this is what you gotta believe. You say, Yeah, but I don't feel like it. Where did it say anything about feeling? Yeah, but I, I hadn't done everything just right. Where did it say anything about that? I read over there, grace. You're still trying to get it under law. Well, if I can be good enough, well, forget it, you can't. I said, forget it, you can't. The Bible says, he says, there, there's none that seeketh after righteousness. No, not one. Come on. All our righteousness in ourselves is a filthy rags. So just forget all that. You're never going to earn it that way. That's your problem. See, you're, you're, you're frustrating grace. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Woo, I like it. He goes on, he says, As it written, the father of many nations, I have made you in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead. And calls into being things that were not. <laughs> you know that's what the promise is for. When you add your amen to the promise, the promise brings to pass those things which are not. It goes and gets it. It goes and gets it out of God's storehouse. Promise of healing. As soon as you add your amen of faith to that, you know what it does? It goes and gets things that be not. You be not well, it goes get well, wellness. It goes get health.
Against all hope, Abram in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. He believed against all circumstantial evidence. See, this is, this is why so many believers, wonderful, precious people, don't misunderstand me, why so many believers, they don't receive because they're still going by their circumstances. Remember what I, I, I read to you at the beginning, what God spoke to me? He said, you're, you won't find your answers in the circumstances. All you'll find there is things that will feed your fears, your doubts, and your anxieties. All you'll find there is things that will just agree with your reason and your head. Yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm broke. Yeah, yeah, this, that, and the other. No, you've got to find what? The promise in Christ, that's where you're going to find the solution. And you let that promise begin to, to, to call things into being that are not. And you just agree with the promise. Amen. So we said, well, I don't know about that, you know, I know about those name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. Well, let me ask you this. When, you, when you've got money in your bank account and you write a check, are you naming and claiming it? You actually are. I said, you actually are, aren't you? You putting your name that's on that account and you're making a claim on the money you put in that account. So you're naming and claiming it. You better stop that. Now, what happens if you put, if you write on your account and you write a different name on there? You going to get anything? And see, all the promises are what? In Christ. That's the name on the check. Not my name on the check. Not your. See, that's your problem. You're trying to write your name on the check. Yeah. You're not authorized. It's in Christ. His name is on the check. So I'm speaking in natural terms. You understand that so that, you know, we can get it. But we all understand about that, don't we? That's what Abraham did. He said, I'm going to tell you what. He said, God said it. God signed the check. Man, God's good for it. So when the promise started saying, you're a father of many nations, you know what Abraham did? I'm a father of many nations. When God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing, you know what Abraham did? He said, hey, man, that's what God said. He wrote the check. Here's what I'm saying. I'm blessed, and I'm going, God's making me a blessing. How, what, how is that any different than salvation? Did you save yourself? Did you forgive your own sins? Did you make yourself a new creature in Christ? But you did agree with the promise that was in Christ. He paid the price, didn't he? But you know what I do? I go over there and I say, you know what? That's right. He said, if I believe in my heart that Jesus, you know, died for my sins, paid the price. He was raised for my justification. And I, I add my amen in my heart believing to that promise. He said, I'll be saved. Whoo! And it worked. I said it worked because what? His name was on the check. You understand I'm speaking naturally. I'm not trying to belittle it. But we say we get, Jesus used natural things, didn't he, to teach about spiritual truths. See, we get that. That's all we're saying. That's what Abraham did. He just said, God, you wrote the check. When you made the promise, you wrote the check. Your name's on the bottom line. I know it's good. I'm going to take it to the bank of heaven by adding what? My amen of faith. All right. 
Real quickly, let me ask you a couple of questions. I've got to close. My time is up. Do you know what is yours in Christ? If I asked you this morning, how much money you got in your bank account? How many of you could tell me? More or less. Pretty, pretty close. If you don't know, you need to, you know, be more in tune with or either that or you just got so much it don't matter. And we just say, way to go. <laughs> we're, 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 I'm aiming for that. I hadn't got there yet, but I'm aiming for that. But, you know, you wouldn't think it's strange if somebody, you know, checked their bank account, would you? If, if somebody knew how much was in their bank account, that, would, that seems to be a pretty normal thing, wouldn't it? Don't you think? Well, why is it strange if, if we ask people spiritually, what's, what's, in your, what's in your heavenly bank account in Christ Jesus? Do you know what's yours? What are the promises? What has he provided? What has he signed his name to? You may be, you may be trying for stuff he ain't signed his name to. That may be your problem. You need to find out what is yours. What's been deposited in you, your, your, your heavenly account, as it were, in Christ Jesus. Woo. All the wisdom, all the riches. I mean, I mean, <laughs> authority over the demonic forces that come against your life. Access to the throne of heaven. Amen. I mean, on and on we could go. What is yours? Man, I'm going to tell you what. If, if you got $1,000 in the bank and you wrote a check for $100 and the bank says, we ain't giving you no money, you're going to just say, oh, well, okay. Guess that's the will of God. I don't think so. <laughs> you're going to be up in it, aren't you? Anybody, you hey, look right here. You better, you better recheck that. Look at this. I got this money in the bank. Let's have it. Isn't that right? And you know what? That bank cannot legally refuse to give you that money because it's your money. God is not going to refuse to give you what has already been deposited into your account in Christ Jesus. This is, this is good. Then the second thing, real quickly, are you taking advantage of the promises? I go back to your bank account again. Anybody going to get mad because, you know, you, I mean, you go somewhere and you, you decide you want to stop and buy a pack of gum? They're going to get mad at the bank. Man, Brother Bruce, he spent $1.29. They're going to call you up. So what you doing doing that? They won't, will they? You know why? It's his money. It's in the bank. He's got it covered. It ain't none of their business. And it ain't none of the devil's business about how much you draw off of your father's heavenly bank account. Let's look at it this way. He has put a trust fund aside for you. It's a fund that's accessed by your trust in His promises. <laughs> Spirit, physically, financially. It's all there. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray. Father, right now, Lord, I pray that we'll understand by the Spirit, Lord, not, not just with our head, but by the Spirit, we grasp.
what you have provided, what you have done for us in Christ Jesus. God, not just for this life, but Lord, it's enough for all eternity. For every person who's ever lived, who's living right now, there's more than enough. It'll never run out. Your grace will never run out. Your power will never diminish. Your supply will never run dry. There'll never be a back order. God, help us to grasp it. Oh, it is a love of God that surpasses all understanding, that has provided all of this for us in Christ Jesus. Father, today, we are going to add our amen to what you have provided for us. We say, Lord, just like Mary said when the angel came, we say, Lord, may it be done unto us according to your word. According to your word, may it be done unto us spiritually, physically, financially. May it be done unto us according to your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.